This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Well, it fully has. After years of rumors, after years of the Mets can't hire this team president, but they really want this team president, Steve Cohen got his man. The New York Mets are hiring David Stearns as the president of baseball operations. It's it's interesting to think back to pursuit for this job. It, it always felt, and maybe it was our fault, maybe it was some of the media's, maybe Steve Cohen kind of changed his mind, even though he denies it. It always felt like they were looking for a non-baseball side team president. That's always the impression we got. They were going to bring in a team president, but he wasn't going to be really on the baseball side. We more on the business side. And then they would bring in a baseball guy. And obviously over the last few years, since Steve has bought the team, there has been a lot of changes in this front office. Some his own doing, some just bad luck. When you look at the names of guys that were here and the weird circumstances that cost them their job, whether it was odd sexting revelations that came out, whether it was a drunk driving situation in which the truth was not told. There's been a lot since Steve Cohen took over the team. But when he hired Billy Epler a little over a year ago, I think we just all assumed, okay, Billy's the guy. But eventually, Steve wants his target, which is David Stearns. We heard about David's name over the last couple of years as a guy that he wanted to bring in. The Brewers were not interested in allowing him to interview for the job, even his replacement, his assistant, and now the GM of the Brewers, Matt Arnold, was a guy that Steve wanted to talk to. So it felt for the first part of Cohen's ownership that he wanted a non-baseball guy, but then it felt like, well, he wants a baseball guy, and he wants this guy, David Stearns. David Stearns' contract was odd. There was a clause in his deal where if the Brewers did not get to the World Series, he had an extra year on his deal, which was this past season. But then it came out a few months ago that David Stearns wanted to take a break. That was the sign of, wow, he's going to come here. (laughs) He's taking a break. He's stepping away from Milwaukee, even though he's sort of kind of involved in the organization. And Steve's eventually going to get him. And so for the last, I'd say, eight months, we've all been under the assumption eventually the Mets are going to hire David Stearns. I know I've made that comment many times on the Rico that, I don't worry, David Stearns is going to take over at some point. A couple of weeks ago, the Mets fired a lot of their front office members, not Billy Epler, and it all seemed to be like another sign that they're going to get David Stearns. And a couple of days ago, they did, at least reportedly, according to Jeff Passan first, that they have agreed to deal with David Stearns. It's a five-year deal. It's $10 million a year. 
and he will take over as the president of baseball operations. What do most Met fans know about David Stearns? I think the basic information we know is he's a Met fan. He grew up in Manhattan. He loves the Mets, and he ran the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, he was an intern with the New York Mets, believe it or not. He also worked as an assistant general manager for the Houston Astros. He worked in the office of the commissioner of baseball. He also worked in the baseball operations department for the then Cleveland Indians. But what we know is that he took over the Milwaukee Brewers and had the big job starting in the fall of 2015. What I always like to look at, because we will get into some of the trades that were made and who he signed and what his resume is, but we are a very, I think most of us are, we're a matter-of-fact group of people. We want to know the, okay, you ran the Brewers. How did you do? And the reality is there's no denying that the resume David Stearns put together in Milwaukee was pretty good. In 2014, two years before he took over, the Brewers were a middling 500 team. In 2015, the year before he took over, they actually lost 94 games. They were 68 and 94. He took over after the 2015 season. They slightly improved in 2016. They won 73 games. But since that point, the Milwaukee Brewers have been a consistent winner. Consistent. Very consistent. They won 86 games in 2017, finishing in second place. In 2018, really their high watermark, they won 96 games and got to the seventh game of the National League Championship Series before losing to the Dodgers. They made the playoffs in 2019, losing a crazy wild card game to the eventual world champion, Washington Nationals. They kind of had an average 2020. 2020 is always tough to look at, but they did make the playoffs and they were in the wild card series. In 2021, they won 95 games and lost in the NLDS. And a year ago, they won 86 games. They did not make the postseason, but they did go 86 and 76. And obviously this year, they're on their way to the NL Central title. So you hear that, and your response has to be, well, they won. <coughs> well, he's built a winner. Like, they haven't won a World Series, but they've won. And that's important to recognize. Obviously, Theo Epstein's got the ultimate resume because he won a World Series in Boston, and he won a World Series in Chicago. Yeah, it'd be great to get a GM or a team president that's won a World Series, but making the playoffs every year with a middle market team is something. It is something. Because I've talked to Joe about this, Joe Beningo. He doesn't love David Stearns. He's not enamored by David Stearns. He looks at him as an analytical geek who's won nothing. Well, he's right. He's an analytical geek, which, by the way, is all of Major League Baseball. So what the hell are we going to do about it? You may as well join it. But saying that he's won nothing is not fair. Because the Brewers making the playoffs in four consecutive years and in five out of six seasons is winning something, especially when your payroll is consistently in the bottom half of the league. So let me give those numbers because those numbers matter too. In 2017, the year they got above 500 and won 86 games, the Milwaukee Brewers ranked 30th in payroll. They had a payroll of $50 million. In 2018, the year they got to the seventh game of the NLCS, they had a $90 million payroll that had them 26th in Major League Baseball. The following year, it was 108. It was 16th in Major League Baseball. In 2020, they were 23rd in Major League Baseball. 
In 2021, they were 21st in Major League Baseball. That is not because David Stearns doesn't want to spend. It's not because David Stearns said to the Brewers, you know what? I don't like spending. Not a fan of that. Got to keep our payroll down. No, it's because the Brewers decided not to spend. I assume a guy who can win with a $90 million payroll is not all of a sudden going to get a mental block because he's given $350 million. I assume he'll be able to build a team with more money. Speaking of build a team, it's fair to say, did he build a team? My dad asked me this question the other day. He said, Evan, we all know Omar Manaya built the 2015 match. Sandy made some moves, but the team was kind of ready-made in a lot of ways, or at least not ready-made, but a lot of guys were developed through Omar. Is that what happened with David Stearns? The answer to that question is no, it is not. Because if you look at the 2018 team, and I think that's the team that we should look at because they won 96 games and they got to the seventh game of the NLCS, it's fair to say, well, who is on that roster? Why were they good? Jesus Aguilar hit 35 home runs and drove in 108 runs. Jesus Aguilar was claimed off waivers a few years earlier by David Stearns. Travis Shaw hit 32 home runs and drove in 86 runs. He was one of their better offensive players. How'd they get Travis Shaw? Well, they acquired him for a pitcher by the name of Tyler Thornburg. He inherited Ryan Braun, no question about it. Yes, he inherited that steroid cheat. Absolutely. He acquired Christian Yelich who at the time blossomed into one of the better hitters in all of Major League Baseball. The Christian Yelich trade is probably what he's most famous for. And look, there are two parts to the Christian Yelich thing. There's the trade for Christian Yelich, which is an absolute steal. And then there's the contract. And it is not looking like a good contract. Nine years, $215 million. Yelich is signed through, <coughs> excuse me, Yelich is signed through 2028. And for whatever reason, since 2020, he has been a shell of his former self. But when he acquired him from Miami at the age of 26 years old, he was a good player. For two years, he was a supernatural player. He won a National League MVP. He finished second in the National MVP voting. He did it in only trading Lewis Brinson, Eason Diaz, Monte Harrison, and Jordan Yamamoto. It was a steal. What's happened since? It's tough to explain, but it's nothing I look at and blame him for. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, 
so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team because i think that yelich falling off the face of the earth is a surprise he's obviously had a back issue but i don't look at the yelich move and the signing and say that's a bad move i look at the trade and say my god that was a steal he also signed eric thames out of nowhere i think he was playing in japan for a few years and brought him in same thing with the rotation like you look at that 18 team they didn't have the greatest rotation in the world jolice chasin was a guy that he signed as a free agent nobody else was interested in. Same with Wade Miley. He did not inherit a ready-made team. He crafted a team. And he did it with trades and signings that at the time probably felt like nothing, but turned out to be kind of amazing in the short term. It's not all good, though. There's a weird one that's mixed in there. A signing that you can look at and say, come on, Evan, you can't defend that. That's the signing of Lorenzo Kane. Lorenzo Kane signed a five-year, $80 million deal. And in 2018, Lorenzo Kane was great and was probably worth the money. He stole 30 bases. He had 308, had an 800 OPS. He was a major contributor to that roster I described that was backed by Jesus Aguilar and Christian Yelich and Travis Shaw, guys that he brought in. But after that, Kane was not good. <coughs> so that free agent signing... Does not did not age well, if we're being fair. He also drafted Corbin Burns in the fourth round in 2016. So, yeah, he deserves credit for building a roster that has been sustainable and has been good and has been winning year after year after year. He made a weird decision to trade Josh Hader in 2022, but he also did something that I think maybe we can learn a lesson from. He inherited Craig Council. When he took over in 2015, Craig Council had managed the Brewers for part of that year. He actually was the interim manager of the team. He had taken over in the middle of the season. David Stearns is now hired from a different organization, and David Stearns endorsed Craig Council and kept Craig Council. It turned out to be a pretty good decision. Craig is still there. That to me, shows a guy 
that is not too prideful, is not too, I need to bring my own guy in. He was okay with keeping the manager that was already there. Craig Council obviously had a history in Milwaukee. He's from the area. He played for the team. His managerial resume at the time was limited, but David Stearns decided to keep him, and he's been rewarded. Council is still the manager of the Brewers. His contract runs out at the end of the season, hence why he's been a name linked to the Mets and any other team. But what that tells you about Stearns is that we should not assume that Buck Showalter is gone. We cannot make the assumption that because David Stearns is now taking over, he's going to want to hire his own manager when he's already shown in the past he's okay with keeping a manager. As far as Buck is concerned and the way I view it, I wonder if Buck Showalter wants to continue to manage here. I wonder if after two years in New York, two extremely different seasons in New York, one where they win 101 games and everybody's excited, and then two, the year of disappointment that includes two months of meaningless baseball at his age if Buck wants to continue to do it. I kind of lean towards a gentle push out. A, we like you, Buck. I think we want to move on. <coughs> I do not assume, though, that the move on would be back to Craig Council. Because I don't know if Craig Council wants this job. While he's been the manager of the Brewers, and like I talked about with payroll, it's been a bottom payroll, or at least a bottom half payroll throughout Major League Baseball. I don't know if Craig Council is going to leave A, a city and a state he's from, B, a franchise that he is now associated with to come to New York, which the Mets have sold us is, yeah, we're trying to win in 2024, but it's a couple of years. You know, our time frame here is we want to compete in 2024, but we got a lot of prospects coming up in 25 and 26. Council sounds like a guy that may want a year off that a big reason for him not signing that extension in Milwaukee has not been to secretly come to the Mets or another franchise, but to just take a break. I would be surprised at this point now if Craig Council is the manager of the New York Mets. So who would be the manager of the New York Mets if Buck doesn't want to do it anymore? Or as if I suggested earlier, the Mets give him that kind of gentle shove out. Eric Chavez is a guy to keep an eye on. Carlos Beltran is a guy to keep an eye on. Anyone who's been a Brewer coach is a guy to keep an eye on. I I love talking about managerial moves. We spent a lot of time talking about it on the Rico. Despite my passion for it, and despite managing mattering in terms of how you handle a bullpen and how a lineup is constructed and when you pinch it for this guy and playing time and all that, I really do think the most important job a manager could have is handling a locker room. It's making sure that locker room is in the right place. I thought one of Luis Rojas's most unimpressive things as manager of the Mets is how he didn't know what was going on. He didn't even know, or at least he didn't say he knew, about the thumbs down. He was surprised about the squirrel versus raccoon thing. Like as manager, you need to know everything. And I thought at times... Luis Rojas didn't. Does Buck Showalter have a like a keen hand on this locker room? I don't know. Like, I don't pretend to know what happens in that locker room. But I do think that that's one of the most important things you could have in a manager. A guy who knows what's happening in the room. 
I thought a few days ago it was like 80, 20, Buck is gone. The more I've thought about it, it's probably a little bit better than that. It's probably 60, 40, something of that nature. Because Stearns has shown a willingness to keep a guy around. He has shown that he doesn't need to come in and hire his manager. David Stearns has never hired a manager. Think about it that way. He inherited Craig Council. He never fired Craig Council. Craig Council is still the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. So if he does need to hire a replacement, he'd be doing something he had never done before. So what kind of team president is David Stearns going to be? I think he showed you, because you look for kind of breadcrumbs, you look at his resume and say, okay, he did that. Is that the kind of GM he is? He showed us with the Yelich trade, he's not afraid to make the big move. When the Miami Marlins decided to sell off their outfielders, Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, in a lot of ways, Yelich was one of the more intriguing pieces. He had not put together the resume quite as good as Giancarlo quite yet. Giancarlo was coming off the year in which he won the MVP. But Yelich was young. He was a left-handed bat. I remember seeing all the promise. We all saw it in Miami. And he swung for the fences. And he made a big deal for Christian Yelich. He didn't waste any time. He went after him. He made a big free agent signing for Lorenzo Cain. He spent money, or at least the money that he was allowed to spend. I was very impressed in looking at his resume to find all of the under-the-radar moves that worked. The moves that at the time we don't make a big deal of, but they turn out to be classics. You know, trading Tyler Thornburg for Travis Shaw is a steal. Travis Shaw went out and hit 32 home runs. Signing Eric Thames, signing Jolice Chassin, signing Jesus Aguilar off of waivers. Moves like that, the under-the-radar move. And the Mets are going to need a few of those. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's how you build a winning team. It's not always the trade that jumps out at you that works. So I'm really excited about this guy. I think he's got a really solid resume in Milwaukee. I'm encouraged by the fact that now he's going to be given even more money to spend than the payrolls that I described earlier. And I'm also encouraged by the fact that Cohen got his guy. That Steve Cohen had his eye on someone to be the team president for three years. He could not get him. And he patiently waited and he waited and he waited and he waited and he got his guy. And I'm pumped up about it. Now, David Stearns is going to have a press conference at some point. Hopefully he's going to come on our radio station. And the number one question he's going to have to answer, because it has now become the number one question around the New York Mets is the future of Pete Alonzo on Thursday. Hyam Bloon was fired by the Boston Red Sox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You look at why. What happened? You know, the Red Sox, believe it or not, were in the American League Championship Series in 2021. That's not that long ago. 2020, you kind of throw out. It was a weird year. Alex Cora wasn't the manager. In 2021, they're in the ALCS. 
2022, they have a bad year. 2023, this year, hanging around 500. What happened? It's pretty simple what happened. And I blame John Henry too, by the way. This is not strictly on Haim Bloom. The owner needs to make a financial commitment. The Red Sox have not made a financial commitment over the last three years. But they took their best player and they traded him. And what is so risky about taking your best player and trading them is that prospects are lottery tickets. And even if they hit, had they hit, even if they hit, how good are they? Like, I remember the Braves Rangers. Was it the Braves? The Rangers traded Mark Teixeira. And they got back all these prospects that hit. They got Neftali Feliz back. They got Elvis Andrus back. And you think about those guys and you say, well, how good were they really? Like, were they as good as the player you traded? So, Hyam Bloom got done in by trading Mookie Betts. He was not helped by the owner, but he traded Mookie Betts. And Alex Verdugo is a nice player. He is not Mookie Betts. Taking a team's best player and trading him away is a risky proposition. It's risky on a lot of levels. Number one, your first move as team president to trade one of their most popular guys is playing with fire. And it sets off a horrible start to your tenure as team president. Horrible. Like, you want one of the first things that you do, you want it to be something that makes everybody happy. You don't want it to be controversial. Can an Alonzo trade work? Like, could you trade him and get four prospects back and they all become superstars? Sure, in theory, you can. But it's unlikely. And it's difficult. And it also contradicts the idea that you're trying to win next year and the year after that and the year after that. Like, you're not really trying to win next year if you trade Pete. So what David Stearns has to answer is, are you going to trade Pete Alonzo? And then actions will tell us. I think it is a monstrous mistake to trade him. I think he needs to be locked up to a long-term deal. I think that the reliability that he gives you is almost criminally underrated. 40 and 100 every year. Sometimes the average will be good. Sometimes it'll be lousy. But 40 and 100 every year, you do that, you know where your career ends? In Cooperstown. That's where it ends. And so he may not feel like a Hall of Fame player to some, but if he goes 40 and 100 for six more years, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Do you want to trade a Hall of Fame player? I'll give David Stearns this warning. I'm very excited about his hire. Um, I, I really have no issue with it. I'm pumped up. You cannot trade Pete Alonso. You cannot come in here and trade Alonso for lottery tickets. You want to do other gutsy things? I'm game. You want to trade other pieces off this roster? I'll listen. But the most reliable slugger in Major League Baseball? Bad decision. And so that does worry me. Because that would be a really tough start for David Stearns if the first thing he does is trade Pete Alonso. Listen, I, I'm just as much of a Pete Alonso <laughs> fan as you are. Uh, you know, advocate for his defense, you know, discussing how this this guy is honestly 
he's going to hit 250 home runs by next year. He's 60 home runs away right now. He's still got a few left in the tank this year. <coughs> you think that next year, I mean, if he has a full healthy season, he's going to get the 250 home runs probably quicker than Aaron Judge. That's freaking crazy. This guy's a beast. And to all that you said, it feels like it would be a, a death nail because I thought the first thing I thought of was High and Bloom. What was the first thing he did? He got rid of Mookie Betts and got nothing in return. Now, there's a lot with this Mets team right now that we're excited about. If they do, they stick with Pete Alonso, which I want, which would be amazing. Is there anyone that's a close second to that? That you would be like, oh, that was that wasn't right either. Um, that's a really good question. I guess like Francisco Alvarez, which is I'm only saying based on potential. It's not like we've grown an appreciation for. Look, I wouldn't want them to trade Lindor. I know that Lindor is deemed untradeable because of his contract. But I think that when you've got guys that play every single day and they're productive, that's reliability. And reliability matters. Like, there are some great players in Major League Baseball. They are not reliable. Mike Trout is great. He is not reliable. Aaron Judge is great. He is not reliable. You want guys who are reliable. A part of why the Atlanta Braves have had great success is not only because they're loaded with talent and they're probably cheating, but they're reliable. Their guys go out there and play every single day. And what Alonzo and Lindor specifically do is play every day. Are they the two best players in baseball? No, I'm not going to argue that. Have they had good years this year? To a degree. But they play every day. So when you ask me, hey, who would you be upset if they moved away from the guys that play every day? I'll give you another guy that's now proven he can play every day. And that's Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo had a resume early in his career where he missed a lot of time. He hasn't this season. He's moved over and played a little left field because he hasn't been healthy, but he plays every day. That matters. Having guys that go out there every day, that matters. I also think that the Mets are in this weird spot with David Stearns where I don't think they need to fix their farm system. They've gone out and by using the power of Steve Cohen's money, have improved their farm system. Like they have five top 100 prospects Four of them came from Cohen trades this past year. Like, think about that. Other than Mauricio, who is still considered a prospect, even being in the major leagues, the four other guys in the top 100 all came from the aggressiveness of what the Mets did at the trade deadline, which is a credit to Steve Cohen and maybe a credit for Billy Epler. We'll see what they turn into. I don't think the Mets have to go prospect hunting right now. They've got a good system. What they need to do is get pitching. That's what they need to do. Their position players, even for next year, can be set. I don't think David Stearns has to do anything crazy with the everyday roster. I think that there are going to be guys who need to perform better. Jeff McNeil, he's been better recently, needs, if he's on the team, because look, McNeil's a guy who you could trade. I like Jeff McNeil. Yeah, and the right deal, could you move him? Sure. But if he is on this roster, he's got to be better. If Starling Marte is going to play every day, He's got to be better. And then the young guys, whoever gets a chance to play every day, I think right now we feel Alvarez has deserved it. He does. <coughs> I mentioned on the past, Rico, Ronnie Mauricio deserves it. 
Vientos and Beatty, they're still just trying to prove themselves. I don't think Stearns has to do anything crazy other than like an under-the-radar Travis Shaw-like trade. And I mentioned that as one of the great deals he made, bringing in a guy like Travis Shaw, who goes out and it's 32 home runs. Under-the-radar, little bat who's better than any of us expect. He needs to build a rotation. That's what's on David Stearns. We should also not assume that anyone who's ever played for the Brewers is attracted to Stearns and wants to play for the Mets. You know what I mean? Josh Hader's a free agent. Oh, he must want to play for the Mets. Corbin Burns is going to be a free agent. Must want to play for the Mets. Brandon Wood. I don't think it works that way. I don't think teams are obsessed with the GMs that they used to work for. Uh, Shohei Otani, oh, I must want to play for Billy Epp. I don't think so. I am curious, though, what happens publicly to Billy Epler? Not privately. He's still there. He's the GM, technically. But sometimes there are GMs who you don't even think of as the GM. Is David Stearns now the front man for the New York Mets? Is he the guy who talks to the media around the trade deadline? Does Billy Epler almost fade into the background now that David Stearns has taken over? I'm curious to see how that part of things plays out. Well, you know, not for nothing, uh, we all know this uh, about, especially when Steve Cohen spoke. Steve Cohen said, I'm not, uh, when the first time he spoke, and basically said, you know, if this team stinks, I'm not buying into it right now. I'm, that's to be stupid. You know, I'm more likely to trade, which is what, what he did. Um, but he did say, state that he wasn't looking to fire anyone. I know that it's a different role. I wouldn't be surprised if Stearns said goodbye to Billy Epler. Because Stern, I think Steve Cohen's are going to get will give the keys. Cohen's going to give the keys to Stearns, and it's going to be his decisions to say, "Listen, I have to evaluate all ends." And right now, I, th- I think that we <laughs> saw that already with the uh, you know with the prospects and the staff of the, the scouting staff. Like I think he's already having his, his hands and things. If he evaluates Billy Epler and Buck Showalter and all some of these other guys in in house and says, "You know what, we could do better." I think they might be gone. Mm. I don't think so with Billy. I think he's going to remain on. I think they have a relationship. I think he's known for a while this inevitability that Stearns was going to take over. He had been asked in the past, like, hey, Billy, what do you think of this? What do you think of the fact that you've been running the show and there's another guy coming in? And he's always said, well, I've always known that. Like Steve has always told me this is the plan. I think what happens is that publicly he becomes just, Less talked about. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a role in the front office, but when we complain about a move or celebrate a move, I think it's going to be more about Stearns than it's going to be about Epler. David Stearns, though, like anyone who comes to this town, they got to prove it here. Like, I could compliment his resume in Milwaukee, and we could talk about those individual moves he's made. He's never really made a bad trade. It seems like he gets the best of every trade he's ever made. He's got a great resume. We've gone through it. And then you look at the win-losses, and you look at... The payroll he's dealt with, but now it's what have you done here? Met fans don't care about Travis Shaw and Eric Thames and Christian Yelich. They don't. They care about now you're taking over. What are you going to do? I don't think he's inherited some kind of mess. I know this has been such a dreadful season, but things don't feel a million miles away. And there have been seasons where it's felt that way. You know, back in the early part of the two 2010s, I guess it's called. It felt that way. It felt like the Mets were a million miles away from winning. I think with the right spending on pitching, acquiring the right guys, 
and some of these young guys developing the way we envision, this team doesn't have to be bad next year. This is not a team that feels a million miles away from winning. I do look forward to David Stearns officially being announced, officially having a press conference, hopefully coming on with our radio station, and then it's go time. Now, we still have a while, though, before go time. We got to get through the rest of the regular season and then a long, arduous playoffs that none of us are involved in. It's going to be a fun time before we get to the offseason. But overall, I'm very excited about the David Stearns hire. I think it shows Cohen was committed to getting his guy, and he got his guy. But now the hard work begins. I leave on this note. David, if you're listening as a big downloader of the Rico Bronia, don't F with us, okay? Don't F with us. Don't screw around with Pete Alonzo. Get it done, okay? If your first announcement is an extension for Pete Alonzo, you are ahead of the game. You are ahead of the game. You've already, without ever making a move to acquire a guy, you've already gotten yourself off to a guy. I'll give you a baseball analogy. You doubled up the alley. Now, if you're the Yankees, you ain't going to get that guy home. But maybe you'll come through with a nice clutch two-out single. Anyhow, thank you for downloading Rico Brown. You will have another Rico after the Met Red Series has concluded and give you our thoughts on that and obviously everything moving forward. We appreciate you downloading and emailing and listening. Rico Brown. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.